before we start, I just want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your first purchase. That's promo code LOCKEDON20 at BuiltBar.com. I am your host, Chris Castellani. It is Monday, April 5th, 2021. Thank you for tuning in today. I hope all of you had a very safe, healthy, and happy Easter weekend, especially Easter Sunday. You know, as I was talking to my family the other day, I couldn't help but think, man, we're getting close. We're getting close to that return to normalcy that everyone's been begging for for, for about a year. It was, it was nice seeing some people yesterday for uh, Easter Sunday, staying socially distanced, staying, staying, staying safe, of course. My apologies, can't speak right now. But we, we're not here to talk about family or Easter or any of that stuff. We are here to talk about the Detroit Tigers. But before, before I do that, there is one piece of baseball news that I, I'm not going to cover but I feel like because it was such a big deal over the weekend, I, I am just going to bring it up in passing. The All-Star game in Atlanta has been moved. It will not be in Atlanta this year following the Georgia with the voter suppression bill. I don't know enough about this to comment on it. I will watch the All-Star game no matter where it's played. If by some random circumstance it ends up being in Detroit, that would be awesome. All right. Moving on, I, I just I just don't know enough about that stuff to talk about it. I think that's one of the problems with the age we live in is everyone feels like they have they have to have an opinion on something, no matter no matter how uneducated they may be on a topic. I'm, I'm I I will be happy to do some more research and look into this, but for the time being, my only comment is to say that I really have no comment. Okay, moving on now to the Tigers. They played two games over the weekend against the Tribe. They won their series this week. They won opening day, obviously, and then they won on Saturday and lost on Sunday. Want to talk about both of these games. Some interesting developments, some good stuff happening. And let's start with Saturday's game. Tigers with a 5-2 victory over the Cleveland Indians. Julio Tehran was on the mound for Detroit, and if they get starts out of Tehran like what they got on Saturday, he may become an interesting trade piece at the deadline. We're talking about five innings here. Right, gave him innings, but only four hits, one run, three walks, three strikeouts. Command was not perfect. Some issues nibbling around the corners there with that two-seam fastball, but settled in nicely. I, I thought he pitched very, very well. Stuff is is better than it's been probably in about two years. It was not sharp when he was in Los Angeles. I even watched some of his starts, went back and watched him, and he looked really, really poor, really lost. I don't know. It seems like the Angels have a real problem with trying to fix starting pitchers, or at least they have over the last several seasons. It's one of the reasons why they're not very competitive. I think pandemic season 
Tehran was probably one of the victims of it. He's come back and he's looked pretty solid. I don't know how good he's going to be. I said in my post-game video that he got a little bit of luck on Saturday, which he did. But that's that's an encouraging outing. He, he picked up where he left off in the spring. I know he had one really bad outing his last outing of the spring. But for the most part, he was very solid for this team in spring training. You know, He was not a guy that this team was sure if he was even going to make the team. I mean, he, he had a very bad year last year. Him simply making the team at all is, is encouraging. And then how he pitched against Cleveland on Saturday is even more encouraging. Bullpen was was very solid as well. You saw a scoreless inning out of Derek Holland, and then this was my favorite, probably my favorite moment of, well, second favorite moment of the weekend. The other one is obvious. I'll talk about that in a second, but Michael Fulmer pitched a scoreless frame out of the bullpen and looked great, and immediately everyone's saying, all right, closer of the future. How is he going to fit into the bullpen? And it may make some people angry. It may make me angry, Michael Fulmer will start games this year at some point for the Tigers. I'm not just start like spot starts where he's an opener like he was last year, giving him two or three innings. He's gonna have games where he's gonna try to go five, six innings in a start. I personally, watching how his stuff has developed or, or actually how his stuff has fallen off over the last year plus. I have doubts that that will ever happen, and he'll. I, I have doubts he'll ever be a successful Major League starter ever again, personally. The fastball has dipped in velocity substantially. The pitch data from a season ago, you look at his baseball savant page, is ugly. That It was it was so bad that you looked at it, and you're like, I don't know if I can take any positives out of this. The only positive, the only positive I could take is that I think he's been trying to develop a bit more as a pitcher instead of a thrower, but I felt like he was he did that several years ago when he was really dealing. The reason I bring I say that is because you're seeing him use four, five different pitches as opposed to the three that he mainly used when he was really dealing in 16 and 17, but even the pitches he was using were getting crushed, and, and the deeper you go into a game, the more you have to go deeper into your arsenal, and I don't know if he has the stuff at this point in his career to be able to do that as an effective major league starter, but out of the pen, firing darts, 96 miles per hour with the fastball, really good depth on the slider, threw a few really nice change-ups as well. I'm fine with keeping him in the pen, personally, like going forward. I understand the idea of seeing if you can get a little bit more out of him and moving him to a starter's role. Sure, I think every fan here is rooting for Michael Fulmer. Michael Fulmer is got one of the last vestiges of the 2016 team, which was a competitive team. I mean, they, well, they weren't great, but that was still part of a competitive era of Tigers baseball. He was such a sensation here his first two years, and it's been a shame watching him fall off, but I, I love the way he's pitching with confidence out of the pen. I truly hope that continues. Tyler Alexander pitched two-thirds of an inning, gave up one earned run, and then Brian Garcia came in for a four-out save to lock it down. Tigers won that game 5-2. to two. Some encouraging stuff offensively. I, I'm, I'm one of those people who believes that Jamer's really good 40-game stretch or whatever it was that he had a year ago wasn't actually a fluke. Like, I, I do think that he's gonna take another step forward. Even when the Tigers acquired him, I never saw him being a, a high 900s OPS type of player. I, th- I, I saw him being a guy who could draw a walk, get on base, hit for the occasional, po- hit for occasional pop, and just be a solid, serviceable, good, all-around major league player. And I think that's finally what he's becoming. Went three for four, on Saturday, seeing the ball well, going to the opposite field, it, what, this has been a nice turnaround for him because Jamer Candelario, let's be real, for 
about a year plus looked lost. I mean, I eulogized the guy. I was done with him with the way he started a year ago. He To me, he, there had been enough of a sample size to show that this guy maybe just is never going to develop into the player that they believed he was going to be. He seems like he's found it. Maybe he got into desperation mode and, and knew that he needed to show something, but three hits on Saturday, very very encouraging out of him. Nomar Mazzara had three hits for the Tigers, and, and that's another guy that they're trying to figure out here. Uh, I... I feel like he's a bit too deep in his career to be called a project at this point, but people people forget, or maybe people just don't know because he, he wasn't a, a Detroit guy, but this was a very highly touted prospect when he was coming up through the minor leagues. They believed that this guy was going to hit for serious pop when he was in Texas, and he would show these flashes. Like, it, Nomar Mazar doesn't have a lot of cheap home runs, and when he would get into one, you would watch this guy, and you'd be like, man, I think this this dude's got all-star potential, and He's kind of gotten progressively worse since like 2018, 2019, and last year was a complete disaster for him, but I still believe there's a good major league ball player in there somewhere, and he, he had a nice weekend in this series against the Tribe. Wasn't great on opening day, but it had some moments in the other two games. There's one sequence that I talked about in my post-game video, but I want to bring it up again. Just it, it, it's, a, it's a microcosm of how I think this team is going to try to find ways to win games in 2021. And it was in the first inning. You're facing Zach Plesak, very good pitcher, ended up going six innings, only allowing two, two earned runs. But in that first inning, Jamer Candelario draws a walk. Willie Castro then hits a deep fly ball to center field. Ben Gamble tries to run it down. He doesn't. Jamer ends up scoring. Willie Castro goes to third. That's a big play. And, and it's one of those plays that is going to be overlooked probably. Because of how hard Willie Castro hit that ball, you just say, hey, hit ball hit into the gap. Gamble nearly made a diving catch on it. Had he have made a diving catch, Jamer, who was past second, would have been able to go back to first, make it there no time, didn't have to worry about being doubled off. Ball ends up landing, Jamer scores. Willie Castro, knowing that the throw was probably coming home, ends up going to third, making that into a triple. Miggy hits a ground ball to short, the next at bat. Castro moving on contact, ends up scoring. That's two runs on one hit. You are, that's a manufacturing runs. And one of the big, big failures to me of the Garden Hire era, in my opinion, was that he promised we're getting back to fundamentals. We're going to be a more fundamentally sound, better baseball team, which was all fine on paper, but they weren't. They were a terrible base running team under Brad Osmus. I don't think they were that much better under Garden. Maybe a little bit better, but not much. They were not a good defensive team. Now, a big reason for all of this, of course, and it's why I don't, blame Guardy for much of anything that's happened over the last several years. They didn't have good players. But the roster they have now is not that much different from what they had a year ago, and I feel like we're already seeing a more fundamentally sound team. And if they're going to be successful or competitive at all this season, they're going to have to do it by manufacturing runs like how they did on Saturday. I'm not talking about bunting in the second inning. I'm talking about just playing smarter baseball. Teams like Oakland to Tampa Bay or Kansas City when they won the World Series in 2015, they didn't win because they had more talented players. They didn't win because they were one of the richest teams, but they played smart. They made the other team beat you. And, and this year, this team will lose a lot of games. But if they remain competitive and don't beat themselves, I'll view it as a solid step forward. All right, so that will do it for segment number one. When I come back, I'm going to talk about yesterday's loss on Easter Sunday to the Cleveland Indians. Be right back. 
Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online your online sportsbook experts. We're covering everything you need to know about the Tigers, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back, everybody, for segment number two, as I teased at the end of last segment. Tigers played yesterday against the Cleveland Indians, the final game of a three-game series, which the Tigers did win, and they lost. They lost 9-3. to The bullpen imploded. This is one of those weird games, and I, I weirdly, you don't want to lose any game, but it's one of those games that I think we might see a fair amount of this year where some of the young guys show promise, but the lack of depth on this roster comes through and the Tigers lose to a team with more talented players. And I'm pretty down on Cleveland, but... You have to be a crazy person to say that the Tigers are a more talented team than the Cleveland Indians this year, at least on opening day. If the Indians trade away some players this year, then then maybe we could have a different discussion by the end of the season. But they still have some really good starting pitching. Some starting pitching the Tigers got to, in fairness, over the weekend. But this was a 9-3 to loss. Tigers led this thing until the seventh inning. Tarek Skubal started for Detroit. Very encouraging first outing. Very encouraging. What I like the most, because five and a third innings, four hits, two runs, two walks, four strikeouts. My favorite number here, though, the innings pitched. Five and a third. Because one thing I was worried about with Scooball, and it was something that even I kind of overlooked, is that he was pitching well in the spring. Very well. And he was striking guys out, and he was not giving up a ton of runs, but the pitch count wasn't exactly pretty. We were seeing a lot of 20-25 pitch Innings And I, my concern was that we're, we were going to have a lot of three-inning, one-run outings by Scooball this year. A lot of four scoreless innings, which is something you could build off of. But I wanted to see some durability. I wanted to see some length. I wanted to see him go a little bit deeper into games. And I think their goal, and, and Mize's goal as well, see if you can get through five-plus. If you do that, that's a step in the right direction. And he did. Five and a third, I thought the fastball command was was. He actually better, in my opinion, than how it was in spring training. He was really having issues locating the heater at points in spring. And not to say he wasn't having issues with it yesterday, but I thought overall successful outing. His stuff is phenomenal. His stuff is really sharp. I, I think he's matured a lot as a pitcher. The, the major league experience he got last year I think is really going to help him because it seems like he's become a bit more cerebral. It's not just fastball dominant. He's working all four corners of the zone, mixing in the off-speed stuff well. I really like that split changeup that he's brought out as a left-handed pitcher. I think that could be a pitch that's very lethal for him. He learned that from his buddy and cohort, Casey Mize, also obviously on the Tigers' opening day roster. Four strikeouts. Those numbers will go up as as his command improves. I think this was a good first outing for Tarek Skubal. And, and you look at what he did last year. He had really two, three solid outings. This was as good as as any of those. First start of the season, solid stuff from Tarek Skubal. Hopefully it's something they can build off of. But the big moment of the game and for the Tigers, really the big moment of the whole weekend, not just in Detroit, but arguably throughout all of baseball, Akil Badu, Rule 5 pick, 
batted ninth yesterday on the first pitch he saw in the major leagues. The lefty hit an opposite field home run to left field in Detroit. An amazing, amazing moment. I mean, just, it's even more amazing when you put it into perspective. Because guy gets called up, like, I think Joey Gallo might have gone deep in his first at-bat. You you see it a, a few times a year. It happens. Wilson Contreras, I think in the first pitch he saw with the Cubs in 2016, hit a home run. But it's even more incredible when you take into account the fact that this guy two years ago was in high A ball. I mean, this guy was not even close to sniffing the major leagues and, and circumstances completely changed. He ends up falling to the Tigers in the Rule 5 draft and makes the team out of spring training and the first pitch he sees hits a home run. That That's that's an amazing moment, one of those moments that could only happen in baseball. And I've been the last person aboard the Akil Badu bandwagon and I will continue to be. One at-bat, one home run does not necessarily lead to a trend. But unlike some of the other Rule 5 picks that the Tigers have taken, even more so than, than Victor Reyes, this guy really shined in the spring. A lot of people were genuinely surprised because there was no guarantee he was even going to make the team. He made the team, came out yesterday, homered in the first at-bat of his career, first pitch he saw Really exciting stuff. And the one thing he doesn't lack is confidence. I love the swagger. The, the Lockdown Tigers account tweeted, this dude has 80-grade swagger. I think that's great. A personality. I want to see some more personalities on this baseball team. It'll make this team more fun. That is an awesome, awesome moment for Akil Badu. That is something that dude is never going to forget. I'm happy fans were there. His parents were going nuts. I can't blame him. Really, really cool stuff. Uh, Akil Badu in his first Major League at-bat going deep. Hopefully, we get to see him a little bit more. Hopefully, he plays well enough that he could be a guy who maybe is competing with Nomar Mazzara for that last uh, outfield spot. It'd be exciting. Bullpen completely imploded in this game. Daniel Norris, one and two-thirds innings, four earned runs, ended up giving up a back-breaking home run. Buck Farmer gave up two earned runs. I'm going to be one of the last people who's going to be concerned about Buck Farmer. He was not good in the spring, but he is a veteran here. And is he great? No, but... He's been more serviceable than almost anybody else on this baseball team, truly, over the last several years. So I'm going to wait a few outings before I say that he's he's in trouble. But he wasn't very good yesterday. Tyler Alexander gave up a solo home run as well. Bullpen uh, was, was, was abysmal. And, and I said this on my post game. I'll say it here. I, I repeat many things that I say in my post game. But I saw other people tweeting about this as well. Look, Shane Green's available, and I'm not at a point now where I'm saying, oh man, the Tigers won two out of three over the weekend. This means it's time to be competitive. Go out and get Shane Green. Time to fight for a playoff spot. I'm aware of the circumstances, but I'm also aware of the fact that they're still in rebuild mode. And when you are still in rebuild mode, you sign guys like a Tehran or a Leonis Martin or a Mike Fires, so you can dish those guys out for prospects. And... I don't know what it is that's prevented teams from making more of a run at Shane Green. Maybe he's asking for too much. Maybe that's it. Probably. Maybe he wants a multi-year deal and isn't going to get it. But Shane Green is good. And I know he was kind of above his above his pay grade there in 2019 when he had that all-star season with the Tigers. But he's a more than serviceable major league reliever. And if the Tigers acquire him, you ship somebody down... You can trade him at the deadline. It's no harm, no foul. I mean, take a flyer out on him. Jeez, you guys played here before. Maybe he doesn't want to come back. 
you could end up repeating the process from 2019. And I wasn't crazy about that trade in 2019, but they got Joey Wentz, who this organization is still high on. When you are a, a, a one-year rental, teams are, are willing to dish out more for relievers who are one-year guys than they are for position players or hitters. That's been proven. This team got more for Shane Green than what they got for somebody like J.D. Martinez or Justin Upton. Just a thought. It won't happen. It's a total pipe dream. I acknowledge it, but an interesting thing to talk about. So not a bad weekend series for the Tigers. Win their opening series against the Tribe. We will come back with a short final segment. We're going to preview today's game. The train keeps on rolling. Tigers start a series with the Twinkies today. Going to preview that when we get back in segment number three. The improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, 6 new flavors, 12 other original flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Fantasy Baseball Addicts, you now have a new resource to help give you an advantage in your leagues. Locked On Fantasy Baseball, it's a daily fantasy baseball podcast hosted by veteran fantasy analyst Scott Cullen, who uses data and nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins. Season-long fantasy, dynasty leagues, DFS, Locked On Fantasy Baseball covers it all. Subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts. 110 matchup today between the Tigers and Twins in Comerica. Today's pitching matchup will be Matt Shoemaker versus Jose Urania. We'll start with Shoemaker, this coming from MLB.com. Shoemaker has only made 18 starts in the last three seasons due to a series of setbacks, but he's hopeful that his, quote, freak injuries, end quote, are behind him as the 2014 AL Rookie of the Year runner-up aims to rebuild his stock with the Twins. He's guy's been a, a disappointing story, and it's been no fault of his own because, yeah, he was very good with the Angels in 2014. I mean, that 2014 Angels team is kind of forgotten, but they went into that postseason as one of the favorites to win the whole thing, and part of the reason was they had some really good pitching, and Matt Shoemaker seemed like he'd started to turn it around, was pitching pretty well for the Blue Jays in 2019 and suffered another injury. He's back now with the Twins, hoping to turn it around. He's from Michigan. Uh, I'm rooting for him, but I'm not rooting for him today. He will be going up against Jose Urania. The Tigers signed Urania to provide veteran stability to the rotation, but also because they saw upside in his game. He had an up-and-down spring training, including more walks, nine than hits, seven over 14 innings, but he showed an electric arsenal, which is always what he's had. I mean, he started multiple opening days for the Marlins when he was there. He seemed like a guy with a high ceiling. He was at one point, I believe, a top 100 prospect. And this was one of the guys that Chris Fetter honed in on. Chris Fetter, I believe, is still out with COVID, but he specifically said, I believe that's a guy that I could do something with. He's always had that firm sinker. Hopefully, the, the one thing that he's going to try to develop, and it's where he kind of fell apart with the Marlins. It seemed like he plateaued a little bit with the Marlins was the fact that he didn't miss a lot of bats. It seemed like he had the kind of stuff, the kind of repertoire to be able to get swings and misses 
but he was never really able to. Hopefully, he's able to find it in Detroit. This is a good first outing against a very good Twins lineup. I mean, Minnesota is a darn good team, and they got some legit players, and of course, they have Nelson Cruz, maybe the tiger killer of this generation who just continues to rake. So that will do it for today's show. This is basically going to be the structure of the show's Going forward, you have the two segments recapping the game or games that were the day before. And then segment three is going to be me previewing the upcoming matchup. So you can look forward to that. We are officially in season. So excited. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. There you'll get my post-game instant two-minute, 20-second Detroit Tigers recaps as well as some other fun stuff you find my youtube page there as well you can follow this show on twitter at locked on tigers while you're at it go to apple Podcasts, go to itunes leave a written positive five-star review of this program it would be much much appreciated thank you very very much for listening everybody i will be right back here tomorrow recapping this tigers twins matchup and previewing the next game as well happy that we're finally in full season swing so excited Have a great rest of your day, everybody. I will see you tomorrow, and go Tigers.